Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio on World Chocolate Day. Now, I'm sceptical about these days. There's something every day of the year that's been marked or celebrated. But you would have to mention chocolate, wouldn't you? Oh, you certainly would. What's my favourite chocolate bar? Well, I've posted on social media in the last hour or so. If you want to have a check there, uh, check it out on LMFM, uh, Twitter, Facebook, etc. And you'll see what it is. Um, I'll tell our listeners a little bit later on. I have it with me here beside me and I'm going to have a cup of tea in a little while. But what's your favourite chocolate tipple? Will you let me know, please? Bar, chocolates, whatever. You know what I'm talking about on this day. What do you love in chocolate terms? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Love to hear from you on the show this afternoon and looking forward I'm not sharing mine Brian Farley's with me I've given Brian a different bar I'm a little bit of a devil now to be honest with you I'm holding my own for myself and he looked at it and will you hear what I gave Brian on the name of God he'll have it gone in one gobble anyway we'll tell you a little bit later on about the chocolates that we love ourselves and we're talking to a local chocolatier as well so we'd have to on this day welcome to the show and let me tell you about my first guest he knows what it's like to struggle in life physically, mentally and financially. And when I tell you that he broke his back, what a serious thing to happen to anybody, which he rebuilt and he learned from it. And he used those principles to apply to building other aspects of his life, including his wealth. From a low base, he's done so well in the world of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. I'm delighted to say hello to Dinny Collins. Hello, Dinny. Jerry, hello. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. You're welcome. Very welcome to the show. Just to to concentrate on that point for a minute, breaking your back, didn't he? Serious matter. Yeah. Um, To my detriment, I'm a fan of motorcycles, still am, but uh, you have to pay for fun on motorbikes. And um, um, yeah, no, a a serious journey. But as I say, the best thing that ever happened to me, it changed my life in a positive way, Uh, changed my career, changed my outlook on life. So, uh, yeah, in hindsight, fantastic uh, experience at the time. Not mm. so fantastic. Mm. And, and and just a bit about your background. You do, uh, and I've been reading a lot about you, you do talk about your growing up in your family and your mum and dad worked oh so hard to make ends meet and rare ye, etc. It, it, it wasn't easy. 
Yeah, I suppose we were a typical Irish family in that we always had money worries. Both my parents worked and my dad worked uh, six days a week. He worked from from 8 a.m. until 8, 9 p.m. at night on Saturdays. And uh, and still there was always money worries. So my, my goal was always I just want to earn money. Not not because I want money, just because I want to give it to them, and so they, they don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. Mm. And 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 you did indeed, and succeeded on on that front, which is fantastic. What did you set out working at yourself? Um, I started off as a motor mechanic and a motorcycle mechanic. I served my time in that apprenticeship. Um, after that, then we sort of went into. Um, I went into steel fabrication with my dad. He needed some help. Uh, so I, I actually done a second apprenticeship with my dad. Um, I, I didn't like that career. Uh, I, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, it just wasn't for me. I didn't think I was particularly good at it. I was particularly good at it, I think, because I won an award from Bertie Ahern for being apprentice of the year or something. Well but, done. But it just wasn't something that I loved. Mm. But 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 that was where you were earning your crust. Now, be- between the accident, as you said, and the need for speed, and, and uh, you recovered from that and made your way, what turned your head to the world of money and finance and that whole area? It was always a, a, a want, I suppose, to, to earn money. Um, I think from from having the money troubles, I started reading books on, you know, how to become rich. And, you know, and then I started reading books from investors and and, uh, and and I read one a great book I always recommend is Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad, and it just sort of changed my my, my thinking. Um, now it didn't change my actions. It wasn't until I actually had my back accident that I was, I was forced to, to to change my career because my career at the time was steelwork, mm. and uh, my, my surgeons told me like your your career is over in steelwork. You can't lift more than a bag of sugar, and you'll be at best we'll get you walking with a with, with a limp so that's when I, I was forced to sort of reassess okay I'm only in my 20s what, what am I going to do for the rest of my life how am I going to make some money mm. so necessity is the mother of invention as they say and you had to reinvent yourself now I want to get on to the bitcoin and the cryptocurrencies in a moment but let me ask you this you know mechanisms or vehicles for making money the common ones are you know invest in property buy stocks and shares gold and precious metals did you try any of those? Yeah, I would invest into all other asset classes, including all of them, uh, and and uh, and obviously Bitcoin and digital assets. If I can just add one thing there, for me, the biggest return on my investment from going from living in a mobile home with a broken back and broken financially and broken mentally uh, was to invest into myself. And I always try and communicate that to people that you are the best asset that you have uh, and investing into your own education is going to give you much higher returns or allow you to achieve much higher returns when you then invest into other asset classes. Well said and, and great advice indeed because if you don't invest in yourself well you ain't going anywhere, that's for sure. So you've been down the property route, stocks and shares, gold etc., why cryptocurrency and how, how long are you at this or how did you get into it? Yeah, so I suppose why cryptocurrency is when I look at all the assets and everything that's available to me, uh, cryptocurrency is the most volatile, which means the most powerful, which means it needs a lot of attention, but it also means you can achieve results faster than the other asset classes. Now, full disclosure, with that comes a lot more more risk. So for me, it was, it was, it was something that I decided to to dedicate a lot of my attention to because I've just seen it as the emergence of a new asset class. Uh, Bitcoin has potential to be sound money. Like that's big. That's as big as the internet's invention. Uh, and it was something that I became really passionate about. I've been exposed to 
uh, Bitcoin and crypto in 2016. I had friends who were involved and they were trading and it sparked my attention. But I was building fitness companies at the time and I was busy with that. And I was just watching it from afar. But I did go down the route of becoming, before I was a Bitcoiner, I was actually a gold investor. Um, and I think once you can understand gold and the value of gold, it's quite easy to transition then over into realizing that Bitcoin is just digital gold. So explain it in laywoman's, layman's terms for listeners today. What is it? I find it very difficult to get my head around it because I don't have it in my pocket. You know what I'm talking about? I can't feel it. I can't buy it or sell it physically or in, you know what I'm getting at? And, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to us today are thinking the same. So in a brief synopsis, what is it actually? Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> when you say brief, I'm like, what have I got? I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But can you summarize? <laughs> just... An error would be a brief. I know, I know. The reason, I know. Bitcoin, the reason Bitcoin's difficult to understand is because it is so broad. Now, I'll chat about the, 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 the physical versus digital because that mm. is a stumbling block. However, that's not a stumbling block for generations behind us. For generations behind us, the fact that you can hold it in your hand is an inconvenience. Not an advantage, like our generation and like I'm in my 40s and people beyond, it's like, oh, I have to hold it in my hand for it to be real. But the generations behind us see, be able to hold something in your hand uh, as being an actual inconvenience. So for me, the baby step that I try and take people through is that explain gold to them and all the properties of gold and why gold has been sound money for thousands of years. And Bitcoin is just a a digital innovation upon that okay so it's a digital variation of a physical product just like a cd okay and we have spotify just like a filing cabinet we have the cloud yeah. just like i would have had to come into your uh, studio to do this interview and we we can do it here on zoom you know yes. we've digitized all these things and that's all bitcoin is is, is a digital uh, innovation on on gold and, and and that's not all it is it's many more things beyond that but that's a baby step to understanding it and I know what you're saying, because if you invest in gold, you never actually have or hold or touch the gold. And funny enough, you know, I was thinking about you and talking to you on the show today. If you have savings in a bank or in a credit union or wherever, if you invest in shares, you actually don't rarely physically have it either. Isn't that a, a point to make? Yeah, and that's a really interesting point because Bitcoin is what's called a bearer asset, which means you can hold your Bitcoin in your hand. In your hand. You can take self-custody of it and it's very easy to store, unlike physical gold. Now, with all other ass assets, sort of monies and things like that, the ability to actually own your own money, uh, we have it at, at the present, but by the end of this decade, it's likely that we've transitioned to digital euros. So you won't have an ability to ever hold your euros. They'll sit on your mobile phone, mm. but you have a, you will have an ability to actually own and take custody of your own Bitcoin, which is kind of ironic because that's the reason why most people who don't understand it think that they shouldn't own it because they can't hold it in their hand. Yes. But for all intents and purposes, you can transfer your private keys onto a digital wallet and you can hold it in your hand. Yeah, it's a, it's a mentality. It's a frame of mind. It's a way that's going to uh, develop more for, you know, future generations as well. How do you buy into it? How, how do I, do I, you know, say in Euro, for euros, for example, I know you can in dollar and other currencies, of course, but do I buy units of this or how do I invest in it? Yeah, Jerry, the beauty of Bitcoin is, and that's what, what attracted me in my early days of trying to become an investor, I rang up financial advisors and they laughed me off the phone when I said I had 30 euros a month to invest. But with, uh, this, was, this was 15, 20 years ago, but with Bitcoin, you can get started with any amount. So you can buy a fiver's worth, you can buy a euro of Bitcoin a week. How you, and, and just to give some warning um, out to anyone who might be listening to this, 
the problem with Bitcoin is there's a misunderstanding with it. So for anyone who wants to get involved, I'd say spend some time on some education, even spend some money on some education, because the problem with Bitcoin is it's very easy to dupe people. Okay, you want to buy the Bitcoin yourself. You just set up with an with, with an exchange app like a Coinbase or a Crypto.com or or or, or a legitimate broker. Um, but but and then it's just like using Revolut. You, mm. You'll you'll sell your you know you'll exchange your you'll say I want to buy five euros worth of Bitcoin, and you'll get point zero 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 whatever. You'll get a couple of thousand satoshis each one Bitcoin. So you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin because a whole Bitcoin is around $20,000 today. I saw that. But you can buy fractions of a Bitcoin. Every mm. Bitcoin is divisible into 100 million units. So this Bitcoin is actually more divisible than euros. Mm. I saw that today. I was just looking at the value before I popped into the studio here upstairs. And it is, it's is—it's—it's just over 20 today. It's a huge amount of money for a Bitcoin. But But here's the thing with it as well. Can I buy? Can I buy products with it? Can I go shopping with it? You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, good question. A lot of people get hung up on that. And and there's two answers to it. One is every year you can buy more and more stuff with your Bitcoin. But what I would say is I don't own Bitcoin because I want to go and buy coffee with it. That's what Euros are for. <laughs> and the same reason why I don't own gold and I own gold, I don't I can't buy coffee with my gold coins. Yes. Um, and it's the same with any stocks that you own. You, you can't go and spend them. You just own them as an investment vehicle, as an asset, as a way to store and protect wealth. And that's what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is basically the transition from physical store of value to digital store of value. And Bitcoin is outperforming all the physical assets. You don't have any problem. If I buy, if I buy an investment property, I've got you know my tenants ringing me up to say the sink is leaking or the neighbors or they want to paint it I don't have any of that with Bitcoin (laughs) I don't have to paint my Bitcoin I just own it it's an awful pity I hadn't talked to you many moons ago I actually <laughs> empathise with everything you're saying there, mother of God. Anyway, uh, something else about it. Uh, you know the way they say you should spread uh, your investments across the portfolio? I've mentioned it already, property, stocks and shares, cash, gold or whatever. How much, what percentage of your investments should Bitcoin be? Uh, that's an impossible question to answer because I can't give financial advice here. I do do consulting one-on-one with mm. people. But like, I'll just explain how I got my parents into Bitcoin, okay? And and before I, I, I say that, I'll say, we're often told you should be heavily diversified, but anyone who ever achieved anything great in life wasn't diversified. They were very concentrated. Yeah. So, you know, perhaps some, sometimes you should question narratives and beliefs that are just pushed on us that, well, is that really an effective way? What if I'm just more concentrated and I understand something really, really deeply and I manage it really, really carefully? Well, you know, being more concentrated for me, and that's how I've sort of got myself from mobile home, wasn't by being super diversified, it was by being very concentrated, okay? But then to, 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 to leave that to one side and say, how much Bitcoin should you own? I came to my parents, okay, and they'd be typical, they've got some life savings, not a whole lot of money. With the way inflation is, it's going to buy them very little in the future, mm. okay? And I was worried about that a few years ago, before we had the inflation levels we had now. And I says, they don't understand investing or any of that stuff. And they, we've seen 2008 and what happened then. Mm-hmm. So I said, can I have 5% of your life savings? And we're going to buy Bitcoin with it. And my reasoning on that is, okay, and, you, and this was aggressive. You wouldn't have had to be that aggressive. You could be at 1%. Mm. I was like, if I lose 5% of your life savings, it's not going to affect your retirement at all. You'd be saying to you know, your friends, Jane, Danny got me into this thing, but it's not going to break them. And I was of the understanding that if this goes wrong, I'll just replace the 5%. But yes. re- not regarding that, I was like, it's not going to harm their retirement. However, 
the beauty of this Jerry is Bitcoin over time is trending up in value over time. Euros are buying less over time. So euros are going down in value over time. Their Bitcoin element of their portfolio is now somewhere around 20% to 25%. So without me buying any more Bitcoin, wow. just having a 5% exposure, and I'm not accounting for inflation. With inflation, we're probably up at 35% that the actual weighting of Bitcoin. So by me buying a tiny bit of Bitcoin with their life savings and just keeping it safe for them, that's protecting their purchasing power. So as the euros continue to debase with the, what we're seeing now, inflation, every, the cost of living is going up. But when you price things in Bitcoin, the cost of living is coming down because Bitcoin is money that goes up in value over time. Now, it goes up in value over time with volatility, and the volatility is we price yeah. for the performance. Bitcoin has gone up actually 60 million percent, and it's down 50%, 60% at the moment. And, 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 you know, a lot of people are upset over that. But unfortunately, you've got to participate in the downside if you want to participate in the upside and with bitcoin it's long-term thinking okay so this is what i teach people it's about mm. zooming out own bitcoin for a decade own bitcoin anyone who's ever owned bitcoin for four years is always in a better financial position and that's how bitcoin works we i explain all this now um, here's something just to stop you there for a second there, there oh, yeah. is risk with it and i watched that i've been looking at the trend knowing you were joining me on the show over a number of years and you're right it was up high and then it would trend it down and it's trending back up again and it's like stocks and shares but i, I want to come back to something you said you said concentrate on one and of course the famous man stocks and shares man uh, in america that's all he ever invested in, and he said that was his field he didn't go anywhere else but are you exposing yourself to risk when you're so narrow Yes. You see, it depends where you are. There's a financial ladder that we're all on. When I was living in my mobile home, I was at the very bottom of the ladder. Okay. I couldn't really get any, any lower. So in that position, I was afforded to be able to take more risk. However, if I'm at the opposite end of that scale, okay, and I've made a lot of wealth and I have a lot of wealth, well, now it's more important for me to be more diversified or I'm closer to retirement age. I don't want to be taken on as risk. I want to be much more diversified and they have much more risk. So that's why I say you can't give individual advice or say this yeah. is how you do it because it's very much individual of where someone someone sits, uh, you know, their age and their circumstances. Mm. Does it worry you that Bill Gates poo-poos uh, cryptocurrencies? Um, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> even with with his knowledge and wealth and how successful he's been yeah the problem with bitcoin is it takes a lot to understand it and until, unless anyone has done the deep work on it they won't understand it it's hard to find anyone who's done 100 hours of deep work on bitcoin who isn't insanely bullish on it and they don't have to put all their wealth in it mm. okay but they have an exposure they have a one percent because if this thing is digital gold i call it digital gold but it's not certain if it's digital gold the bitcoin is worth a million per bitcoin so it's it's clearly not digital gold yet but it's on the journey to becoming it. So just as a little bit of insurance, a prudent investor would own a little bit of Bitcoin. And they'd also be of the realization that, well, this is the highest performing asset over the last 13 years, bar one year. Mm. I should own this thing in my portfolio. You've uh, been involved, I know, in building multiple six and seven figure some companies. You are uh, well known as an investor and, and a successful one as well. Are you comfortable? Could you could you stop today and say you have enough money to live the rest of your life, Dinny? I tried to retire a couple of times, um, and, and 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 people misunderstand this. I misunderstood this. The beauty of 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 doing your own cash flow statement is find out how much money you need to retire. Like, what's the minimum that you think you could live on per week? And for most of it, it's it's much lower. Um, I couldn't maintain an extravagant lifestyle without working but I could maintain a happy lifestyle without working. However, 
I love working. I love the crack. I love meeting people like my job. I'm fortunate. I talk about Bitcoin. I, you can probably tell I'm passionate about this. I, I talk about it at parties when I'm not being paid to talk about it. <laughs> That's where I want to meet you. And, and uh, how you'd make the night for sure. But look, at you are professional. You do advise people and uh, you're out there. And it is another option to look at, as you say, in a world where currency values are certainly falling. And that, that is quite obvious. Where can people find out more about you and what you do, please? Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Uh, lastly, yeah, just nobody questions money in the good times, but mm. we're at a time now when it's time to question money because when you see the toilet paper seems to maintain its value better than the euro in your wallet in that toilet paper will probably be more expensive in four years' time. So it has maintained its purchasing power better than your euros. Yes. It really is worth going down the rabbit hole to understand money, to understand gold, and to understand Bitcoin. Where people can find me, crypto com. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, at Dinny Collins and uh, or, or just Google crypto with Dinny and we'll come up we do free workshops teaching people about Bitcoin and full disclosure we've consulting products as well Thanks for joining me you're a great story recovered from a huge setback in your life went down a road where you've been so successful I wish you continued success and I've enjoyed uh, talking to you today uh, because you've you've uh, settled some things in my mind for sure and I'm, I hope so for listeners too good luck to you thanks for taking the call Thanks very much Sherry Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. He's a most successful guy. He really is and uh, had many setbacks in his life. Crypto at Dinny.com. You can find out more information on it. Yes, Bill Gates. He's not sure. Maybe some others aren't. But that man there I've just spoken to has done really well for himself and many others too. Watch this space. It's developing and it's just getting it, you know, settling it in your mind what it is, what it actually is and sorting that out. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio on World Chocolate Day. We might take a bite from the bar when we come back after this break. Will I open it or will I hold on to it? What do you think my favourite chocolate bar is? Hazard a guess? 86 I'm going to open it here but I'm not going to eat it till after two between two and a half I promise you oh I just love it I'm salivating here what's my favourite chocolate bar let me know 086 have a guess 086 658 by WhatsApp or text and tell us about yours they're coming into me here I'll tell you about them after two and after two we're going to hear about a wonderful new initiative in pharmacies from Cathy Marr but taking us up to top of the hour at two it's One Direction and Little Things oh this is a little thing I can't wait to take a bite what is it 086 1800 Poor Brian Farley. He's only a little morsel. I have the big bar. I have it. I have it. Your hand fits in mine like it's made just for me. But bear this in mind, it was meant to be. And I'm joining up the dots with the freckles on your cheeks. And it. Now, my next guest is a regular with us on Late Lunch. And I'm really pleased she's joining me today because... I really love this new initiative that's going to be rolled out across pharmacies nationwide. And one of those is Haven Pharmacy in Dulik. Cathy Marr, welcome back. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really, really good. Cathy, I love this. Will you tell our listeners uh, what it's all about, please? Safe Pharmacy, it's a new initiative and a very, very important initiative to help victims of domestic abuse and coercive control to access help and support in a safe, secure and confidential environment. So Safe Pharmacy is what it's called and it's in conjunction, I have to say, with Safe Ireland and Garda Síochána and the HSE, the HSE. They are all involved. And you'll have a little sign, won't you? There's a particular colour little sign that will denote that the pharmacy offers this. 
Absolutely. There are safe pharmacies in every county in Ireland and participating pharmacies will have a purple sign. I know in our own pharmacy we have it at the front door, we have it in the seated waiting area and we have it in the consultation room. And as well as that, staff will have a purple pin, lapel pin, so you can identify that there is someone that I can talk to and I can reach out. For victims of domestic abuse, violence and coercive control, their limits, their, their movements, their access to phones can often be um, controlled and monitored. And sometimes just popping into a pharmacy those few moments might give someone the opportunity to seek help and support. And participating pharmacies will provide access to a phone in a private consultation room and we'll all have the contact details for the local support services. And that will allow victims of domestic abuse and violence and control to make a really important call, for example, maybe to a family member or friend, because perhaps all of their support services or support networks have been cut off for them. They might need to call the local specialist domestic violence service or the Women's Refuge or Women's Aid or Men's Aid or call and Garda Sheikhana. And it's really important that anyone that is in need of help knows that that service is there. There's no code word that needs to be asked for because that's something that has come up over the past few days is your code word I need to know. And there isn't. All that any victim needs to ask for is help and that they need to know then that they'll be prioritised, they'll be supported, but they'll be believed and they'll be listened to. We will provide them with that safe space, the safe environment to make the conversation, to make the call. We can make the call on their behalf if they want to ask the pharmacist or a pharmacy team member to make the call. We can do it with them or we can give them the privacy that they can do it themselves, giving them their control back. It's fantastic because pharmacies are so readily available to people in their area and Cathy I don't have to remind you this this is the thing about this whole situation domestic violence domestic abuse coercive control etc it is often very difficult for the person who's caught in that situation to tell anybody or make a phone call you know you, you know what I'm talking about and this opens up a whole new vista now absolutely because it's been shown that sometimes victims of control and violence and abuse they are fearful of their abuser. Perhaps consequences have been threatened to them. Perhaps they fear of their children being taken away or their access to the children. Perhaps they're worried about being judged or being negatively evaluated by a healthcare professional or their family, friends, neighbours. They might be scared they won't be believed. The fear that maybe the confidentiality that they'll have in whatever service they, they um, confide in won't be there. But you're absolutely right. Pharmacies are in towns and villages around the country. We have long extended opening hours. Um, we've been shown to be trusted, compassionate and discreet staff. Um, we deal with sensitive and often distressing information every day in our consultation rooms. So it's to reassure victims that there's nothing that we can't hear. There's nothing that we can't help them with. And to know that they'll be believed and they'll be listened to in a non-judgmental way. We're there just to listen and to ask them what they would like us to do. Would they like us to make a call on their behalf or would they like to make that call? And if they can't make that call that day, that they know that the service is there. This is obviously a free service and people will be prioritised. Domestic violence, abuse and control, Jerry, happens everywhere. And it is across all age groups mm. and across both genders and across every economic class. So it, there are no, it doesn't discriminate. Yeah. And it's really important that people, either that if they are victims themselves, men or women, or if they suspect that something is going on with someone that they know or love, that they reach out and say, this service is there. These people can put you in touch 
with the support service. And you know the other thing I'm thinking as well, you know your consultation rooms, which I'm familiar with in, in, in your uh, pharmacy haven in, in Dulig, it's normal for people to come in and go in there. You know, you might feel, uh, you know what I'm saying, that, that somebody might see you going in there, but you're just like anybody else because you deal with so many people in that room every day, so it could be for anything. You won't be identified. That's what I'm trying to say. Absolutely, and that's partly why I suppose there isn't a code word that must be asked for. It's just simply, can I pop into the room? Can I ask for help? And once in there, the phone will be brought in, you know, did the confidential space be there. By law, all com- all pharmacies must have a confidential a consultation room and they are visibly and audibly private. So they, to reassure victims that whatever is said in there stays in there and whatever help is needed is given in there and that's absolutely fine. Um, and within that space, we will have a list of the local services. And if it's just simply a family member or a friend that they need to call, that's fine too. Bear in mind, their movements, their access to family and friends, to access to any kind of support networks may be monitored. Um, phones may be monitored. Their access to, to support is limited. But most people can pop into a pharmacy for a few moments. Yes. And that's where we can see it can be really opportunistic for people to say, actually, I need help. We're also aware that English might not be the first language for some people. So again, that they can just say help and we can bring them into that room and we can go through what needs to be done. When you're in the situation that nobody should be in, that's coercive, controlling, abusive on many fronts, it's often very difficult, Cathy, and I you don't have to remind you to actually make that first move, to say enough is enough. The, the fear that's there, because, you know, the repercussions that you think may be rained down upon you. What would you say to somebody, if somebody's listening today, who's in that situation and are nervous about it? Absolutely. People, particularly in controlling, um, abusive and controlling situations, they may be afraid of their partner, may be afraid of of what will happen as the consequences that I said. Um, but at least with a pharmacy, that the barriers have been reduced. We're very accessible. We can simply pop into the pharmacy to know that they'll be listened to, that they'll be believed, that we aren't judging them to think, why aren't you doing this or getting out of that situation, that we do know that we can help them. They're not always aware of their rights, so we can help them make contact with the right people very safely. Um, And just to let them know, to give them the control back, to know that they're believed, to know that we know, we believe them and we listen non-judgmentally. So what happens when they come in and they ask, we will ask them to come into the consultation room alone if possible, because we're conscious that perhaps the person abusing or controlling may be with them. Mm. So there might just be a simple movement or a quick, can I have help? We might, we'll try and get them into the consultation room alone. If they're with another adult, we'll ask them to come on their own if they can. And we'll explain how any information disclosed in front of the, the pharmacist or the pharmacy staff member, either to the member, to the staff, or on, the, on a phone call, anything disclosed within that room remains confidential, that it won't go beyond that, that they can ring um, whatever support services they need. We can help them access immediate support because we know time can be of the essence Mm. and it can be from the guards or a local special service or, as I said, a family member or a friend. And then we'll ask them, do they want us to make that call on their behalf if they're just feeling that they don't have the strength or if they want to make it themselves and we can either stay with them or leave them in privacy. So whatever happens there. 
It's a really positive and there are 850 pharmacies around the country. Safe Pharmacy is the campaign, the initiative. It's a little purple sign. You'll see it. It'll be on display in the pharmacy and that means there is somebody there qualified and trained and ready to give you their ear and help you in any way they can. While you're with me, I I know um, the version is something else here, but don't miss an opportunity. Cathy, I see pharmacies are to the forefront of encouraging people to come and get this COVID booster. The numbers are not good, are they? People have let the guard down a bit. There's a mix of a few things. We have um, increased international travel for the first time in a number of years. Um, and, you know, certainly what about four or five weeks ago, there was a, a spike in Portugal and a lot of people, including myself, were in Portugal recently. So we can see how, how international travel has increased um, cases. Also, some people that have had COVID perhaps around Christmas, New Year, or perhaps they had some natural immunity, that immunity is beginning to wane. So if they haven't had the booster, we would ask them to avail of their booster. And then just depend on yeah where they are in that booster cycle. If they are over 65 or immunocompromised, then it is important they do have their additional booster um, ahead of the autumn. Numbers are on the increase. We can see social distancing, a lot of the public health measures, a lot of the things that we were doing for a number of years, they're all dropping. Um, and it is a fine balance, Jerry, between going back to the way we were, but also this is still with us. And you and I talked COVID for a long number of months, yes, um, two yes. years ago, and it hasn't gone away. So we just have to do what we can to, to live with it and protect ourselves as best as possible. So get our booster, maintain our public health guidance in terms of mask wearing on public transport, healthcare settings. That includes pharmacies, so we're still wearing our masks um, at work and also in crowded spaces or crowded public spaces to try and just, you know, be conscious that the virus is still circulating and we're in the middle of another wave. Washing the hands, ventilation, better outdoors than in, all those things are more important than ever, aren't they? Absolutely, they are just as important and again, it's back to minding the health of our more vulnerable and trying to protect the pressure on healthcare and pressure on, on hospital settings. What are you hearing uh, for the general population? Yes, uh, 65 and above, the booster is there for, and everyone should really go and get it in that age category. Do you expect that we'll have another general round of boosters for the uh, population as a whole? What are you hearing or what do you feel? What does your gut tell you? I anticipate as we enter another winter that we will have another round of boosters. Um, and that we would will become clearer as the summer progresses. Um, we're all used to being vaccinated now, and certainly with flu vaccine as well. It'll all but just become a matter of course, and we'll see what we need to do with the season once it arrives in September, October. And, you know, this is perhaps a little surprise to people because, you know, the way it tipped off uh, or fell off uh, in summertime in the last couple of years. But as you said, with the travel and the, the new variants that seem to be very transmissible, uh, it's probably the under- it is the underlying factor as to why uh, the number of cases are up. But anyway, your local pharmacy, again, just to remind you, uh, for the booster, they're there on your doorstep. And this wonderful new initiative that we're talking uh, about today it's uh, to, I want to congratulate you all in getting involved in this uh, very important area, Safe Pharmacy. Look for the symbol and uh, your local pharmacist will be there to help. Cathy, thank you.
Mr. George Ezra. And anyone for you. I'm dedicating that to a little lady called Ava Flynn. My granddaughter, she loves George Ezra and she loves that song. She may be listening today, I might just be a plane or something, but if she's listening anyway, Ava, that one's for you. And she's all excited because you know what, she's going to her first big concert the weekend. She's going to see Westlife with her mammy and daddy at the Aviva. Never been to a concert before. She'll just love it. Won't it be a great, great occasion? It'll be fantastic. I know there are many people going to see Westlife this weekend. Enjoy. Everybody enjoy. Now, for another giveaway in the show... The Loud Derby in the League of Ireland takes place tomorrow night. It's the third of the season. Uh, Drogheda won the first and Dock won the second. So it's all to play for tomorrow night at United Park in Drogheda. We have two tickets to give away to the match. The kickoff is at 7.45. Two tickets plus a Drogheda United away jersey and a match football. That's the prize today. Would you like to win it? Well, you can indeed because here's the question for the tickets to Drogheda Dundalk. Uh, Drogheda United away jersey and a match football. It comes to us thanks to our show sponsors, Blackstone Motors. We are very grateful to them uh, for this lovely prize today. Here's the question. Drogheda United's crest. What is it? What is the Drogheda United crest? What does it compose of? Very familiar to Drogheda United fans, I'm sure. The symbol of the town. Just a little hint there. What is the Drogheda United crest? What does it compose of? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text to late lunch this afternoon and we'll pick somebody. Hey, Brian, we better start opening these things here. Brian, have you yours there? Have you yours? Brian, go on. Stick your heads on there and I'll tell tell them what I gave you, Brian. Go on, I'm very generous. Tell oh, them what I gave generous, you. Very generous, very generous, yeah. <laughs> I walked in today and he goes, I got you a gift for you. I was oh, lovely. He goes, you know, it's world chocolate. I said, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a big chocolate bar, a big Yorkie bar or something. And he goes, oh, look what I have. Oh, and it's my favourite. I went, oh, well, it's my favourite too. And he said, here's yours. Snack. Brian, I'm sorry. Do you know the little blue Cadbury snack, snack. folks? Now, Brian, they're lovely with a cup of tea. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. But two bites and they're gone, two I know. Two bites? Have you seen the size of me? It'd be <laughs> one bite. <laughs> well, listen, I gave you away. Do you give anyone your last Rolo? That's nearly my last Rolo. I gave it. I love the little blue snack. I gave Karen a ripple. A, ga- a galaxy yeah. ripple. A oh, ripple. A galaxy ripple. You know the galaxy ripple. I, I got ripple. a snack. <laughs> Brian, Brian, I'm not trying to hint at I, anything there, but in proportion. <laughs> and, uh, Brian, <laughs> look what I have. I, know. I have. I have a catch bar, folks. Anyone remember the catch bars? Oh, jeez, Brian. They're lovely. I'll, I'll give you half of it. Will no, I? no, no, hang on. I'll, I'll, Hold on. I have a cup of tea. Have you got your coffee there? Oh, no, you, yeah? went, you went out to make me a cup of tea. I didn't get that. You went out to make me own. Hang on. He's, Hang on. he's telling you, Porkies. He ready? made the coffee and forgot about me, and I'm after flying out and <laughs> making me own. Here we go. Go on, Brian. Go on. Here, here we go. Here's my snack bar. You ready? Mm. It's gone. It's gone. That's it. Done. <laughs> it's gone. gone. In one wallop. <laughs> In one wallop, she's gone. I loved. Do you ever? Do you like the catch bar yourself, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's a new. Oh, on, it's on, lovely. On. It's chewy chocolate, and there's there's rice krispies in it or something, and. Caramel. Oh, it's just gorgeous, I have to say. It's Brian, I'll give you half of it. It's a bit... I, well, I, you know, you can't, you can't nowadays, just in case. <laughs> oh, Brian, oh, yeah, no, I no, never no, thought about that. Yeah. I actually can't. I was yeah. going to give it to you, and you never know what I'd give you. I, I, t- I tell you... <laughs> I tell you what you could do. If you leave it to one side for 48 hours, and it'll be okay, I'll eat it then. But then, no one around here, it could be gone. Brian, 48 hours, 48 seconds after the next break, that bar is gone <laughs> down the hatch here. But look, if you were to say, Brian, seriously, from yeah. your perspective, what do you love? What, what would your favourite jockey be? Oh, 
I don't know. I, I, I do love a ripple, but you give that away. Like Karen, away. Yeah. Karen. Oh, yeah. Karen had to get the ripple. Oh, she had to. Come yeah. on. Come on, I'd give and, and you know what? I guarantee if I went out there now, she'd be there eating it, you know, and going, oh, look at this. And, and me going, I only, have a snack. I only have the wrapper now left. Um, I, I do I do like an old, you know, toffee crisps. Do you? Mm. Lovely bar. Yeah. So, actually, similar to the catch Very bar, similar. the, to, the yeah. toffee crisp. Um, we're getting messages here. Yorkies. There's several people oh. have said Yorkies. Do you like oh, the Yorkies? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the yeah. ad for that? You couldn't do that ad anymore either. From coast to coast. Yeah. That was a man's bar. That was <laughs> a man's like, bar, is right. You can't do that no, anymore, you oh, know. No, no, she'd be shut down. Yeah, be off the yeah. airways. Do you know what I love in the Yorkie? Do you know the one with the biscuit and raisin in it? Did Ooh, you ever taste that yeah, one, the yeah, brown yeah, curl? Yeah. I particularly love that one. Now, Yorkie is lovely. I do have to say it is. There's somebody else who's a Twix fan. What about a Twix? No. Do you like a Twix? Do you know what's lovely? Go on. A wisp of gold. Oh, yes. That's, that's like a treat. It is. That's like a treat. And do you remember years ago, and it was one of them very expensive bars. My mother used to get one, and we were never allowed one. It was a secret bar. Oh. It's Nestle's secret bar. Really? And I remember the ad, and the ad was uh, on a train, and it was this intertwined uh, ravel of chocolate and everything, this kind of nugget cream in it. And it was lovely, but it was very expensive. And obviously that was back in the day, it was about 50 cent. It was very expensive back so then. So Betty, no way, no way Betty wasn't... No, well I tell you, in our house, right, because what happens is Betty always had this box of sweets right yes. that we, we'd hide right and what happened was with Seamus um, she'd always put on the on the bottom drawer so he'd have to bend down to get it so he'd never go down and get it so it was always there it was grand it was safe uh, <laughs> then, one day, dad. then one day she put on the top drawer and I was, I was gone, uh, gone. Completely. gone. Nothing, nothing left nothing in left. it anyway what do you love twirl there's a twirl coming in somebody doing a twirl for us as well it's a gorgeous bar too the flake I love the Cadbury flake remember that ad and her and the boat sailing through the the, the cab Caverns and the caves, only the you know that one, yeah. That, that I'm not going to sing it here now, put everybody off, but anyway, uh, the, the flake as well. Anyway, what's your favorite chalky bar? Let us know 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. Well, up next on late lunch, it's all about chocolate and world chocolate day because we're going to have a chat with the lovely Helena Hemerick from Shea Emily Chocolates. You can't beat the arrow, Jerry, says Lily. Oh, I've nearly forgot about it. And I love the mint arrow. The mint arrow in particular, I love this kick out of it as well. But you're right, Lily, the arrow is absolutely lovely. We're staying on the chocolate theme and uh, going local now. And when I tell you my next guest produces the most wonderful, wonderful artisan, handmade chocolates. Well, they're a real success story there. I'm talking about Shea Emily and I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch today, Helena Hemerick. Hello, Helena. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on this special day, World Chocolate Day. 26 years, 1996, on the 1st of July, was it? It was, that's correct, yes. It's a long innings, isn't it? 26 years ago. How did this begin? You moved uh, from Belgium to Ireland. And was this in your mind to set up this business? It was, yes. That's what the move was about. We were both established in Belgium in our respective careers. And we thought, you know, Ireland is nice. Let's go to Ireland. So we did. And we set up our business here. Ferdinand had his uh, chocolatier talents. And I was working in sales and marketing. And we figured, well... If he can make it, I can sell it. And if I can sell it, he can make it. So, yeah, happy days. <laughs> what a lovely combination. And then, of course, you had to give the name. Your daughter, Emily, gives the name to the brand, doesn't she? She does indeed, yes. Now, chocolate needs 
in my opinion anyway, or should I say our opinion, it needed like a feminine name because I think it uh, it reflects better on chocolate. Not necessarily now from the end user point of view, but you know, it, a feminine name has uh, has a good ring to it. And uh, Emily was there, so it has become Shay Emily. Yes. It's it's a lovely name and it has a lovely ring to it and and it, obviously the name is a, it catches people attention uh, their attention as well and of course when they taste it well they're just hooked and sold on it you, the recipes the, when when you think back to ninety six and you're finding your way and you're testing and trying etc um, are these recipes that you've come up with yourself or where did you pull from for the initial recipes. Uh, the, uh, the initial recipes are actually family recipes, so they go back right. a while. They're they're older than twenty six. They're older than Shay Emily. So, okay. but we did adapt and modify a little bit. And of course, since then, uh, flavors have changed and fillings have changed, and the wants and the desires of the consumer have changed. So we've just you know modified as we go along and. Uh, we keep trying new things and what's the success keeps going and what doesn't work, well, obviously, it gets eaten and that's it. Mm, very important, so it is. But look, you've had more success than the other side of things. Are you still, you know, when, when I use these words, a sustainable cottage artisan business? Well, I'd like to think yes, Jerry, but there's probably plenty of people out there who will kind of wag their finger at me and say, no, you've moved on. Mm. But... Um, I'd like to think we still do everything the way we did it 26 years ago, except there's more hands involved now than there was then. Yes. But uh, the principles haven't changed and the ethos definitely hasn't changed. We make it by hand. Every filling, every batch of filling, so to speak, is, is handmade. It's tested before it's put into the chocolate and... Um, you know, it's still all very much artisan. Artisan reflecting, you know, handmade. Yes. So it is very much artisan, yes. How important is it to be vegan, friendly and gluten-free? Well, that's what I was saying. Over the last number of years, there's been a change in dynamics. Mm. And um, gluten-free, top-quality chocolate is naturally gluten-free. And, and that's an eye-opener for a lot of people. You know, they automatically assume that when they buy their chocolate products in the likes of supermarkets and petrol stations and things like that, and there's a listing of flour or something in it, which makes it not gluten-free, you automatically assume that all chocolate is not gluten-free, which is it is wrong. Mm. Chocolate as itself is gluten-free, right. and it's what you add to it that determines whether it stays gluten-free or not. As far as the vegan-friendly, well, it's always been there, but it's been under the radar for so long that... Um, now with this new movement of vegan, um, it is just basically like really strong dark chocolate, 70%. And then you don't add any dairy product to it. So you make a line of goods that's just based around your dark chocolate. And they're usually vegan friendly then. Mm. The, from an artisan point of view. Yes, yes. Yeah. The cocoa bean, we know it's grown near the equator in, in very particular climates, two harvests a year. I know that all that happens with the bean from fermentation to drying it, uh, roasting, etc. True, that's all done when you get your product, is it? That's all done, yes. So um, the likes of the larger chocolate producers and I'm going to name now the likes of Barry Calibo and the likes of maybe Valrona and, you know, the top quality chocolates. They 
would source their beans in the um, tropics mm. and the the basic work would be done in the tropics. So the, the employment is there, the harvesting, yes. uh, the dry, the drying, the roasting, the conching then happens mostly in the European countries. So when it comes to mainland Europe, the, the technology and the, the equipment is here for the conching process. So we would um, take in a chocolate that is already conched. It's not a bean-to-bar process that we would do. Okay. So yeah. so you and and do you source it from particular producers, particular areas? Are you are you fussy about that? Oh, we are exactly. I mean, we're very loyal to who we take our chocolate from because they can offer us the quality that we're constantly looking for, and we're looking for a consistent quality. Um, you know and. We need, obviously, a certain amount. Now, this time of the year, it's, it's a little bit slower. It's, it's summertime. But we are thinking and gearing up towards Christmas. And I know it's a way, way away Christmas. But production will start for us, for the Christmas products now, um, kind of just starting into August. So mm. we're looking at a buying in um, the raw ingredients and the raw materials. And you need a consistent quality. And... That's very important to what you do, that it's not top quality one day yes. and then the next day, you know, well, you tried, but it didn't really work, you know, and it's a lesser quality. That's just not good enough and not from our standards either. It needs to be top quality all the way. But that's what you've achieved, may I say. That's why people love you. It's the consistency year in, year out that you just hit the nail on the head every time and well done to you on that. But it is so important. You cannot uh, deviate from that at all. I was looking at your range. You're all into your little creatures. You have mice. You have dolphins. You have horses' heads. What's this all about? Who's who's behind the, the, the that uh, suite of, of, of chocolate products? Well, you know, I think most of us in some shape or form are animal lovers. Mm. So, and, the, you know, the mice, mice don't, are nothing to be frightened of. And then when you put them into chocolate mice, well, it kind of translates the joke a little bit that, you know, you can't be afraid of a mouse. Look at the size of it. <laughs> yes. But um, it, it, it's something that appeals to children as well. And mm. we have a range of the coffee chocolates that we would have in the chocolate boutique in Ashburn. Mm. Um, which kind of like we would nearly call them the zoo. So whereas they're little smaller bites, but they are actually the animals as well. And, you know, there's a giraffe, there's an elephant, there's a a donkey, there's a horse, there's a cow. It's just a quirky element to what you do. And it's a little bit lighthearted and, you know, it puts Mm. a smile on nearly everybody's face. Yes, and I'm thinking about the people. There's an awful lot of people have a shock and fear of mice, even though they're a tiny little creature. And you're right, what you say. This just takes that element away from it. And uh, such a range as you have. They're wonderful. I love your message in chocolate. There's so many, uh, you know, applications for that. The gift box that you have. And uh, the, 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 the letters, lollies and slabs. You have such a range. Well, we do have quite a range. And to be very honest, I think maybe the range is a little bit too big. But when you have a passion for what you do, um, you just want to keep expanding and you want to do more and you want to achieve more and you want to make more diverse little things. Um, but, you know, we, we have to rein ourselves in most of the time and, and keep it to what we have now. Mm. But, you know, sometimes there's a little a little fun item that gets in there as well. Ah, sure, it has to be. Sure, it, it, it shakes it up every now and then for sure. You sell online and then through, you mentioned one of the outlets there in Ashbourne, you have a range of outlets that you also push out through. Yes, correct. We have our online shop, 
at uh, ie. Then we're based here at Coolkey, Coolkey the Ward, County Dublin. Yes. The Chocolate Boutique in Ashburn. And then from a wholesale perspective, we're in a lot of the delicatessens, the fine food shops, the high-end um, businesses and, and things like that. And I sh- shouldn't probably be name-dropping, so I won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I know, sure, I've seen them myself when I've been out there uh, shopping and, and they're, they're really beautiful. You present them wonderfully as, as well. So it's a match made in heaven, yourself and himself. He does the making, as you say, you do the marketing. What's it been like, you know, as the years have got on? And sure, you've seen recessions, uh, you've seen booms, yeah, you've had COVID. My God, every manner of challenge you've faced. Well, that's what challenges an academic mind from that point of view is. And because it's your own business, you adapt and modify as you go along. You're small enough to be able to do that and weather what's coming at you and obviously learn from it. And when, and dare I say it, and I don't really want to say it, but I think we are going back into another recession and we've learned from the last recession how we best handle the one that's going to be coming. Mm. So it's, it's been a learning curve. And as I said, and of course, my husband's initial occupation is an accountant. So if he can't crunch the numbers, <laughs> nobody can. <laughs> <laughs> Does he crunch a bit of chocolate? Are, are you big chocolate eaters, tell me? really no i mean we've been uh, we've been there we've done that we bought the t-shirt and you know you obviously as i said every batch is tasted before it's put into any of the chocolates so mm. there is still a, um, a small consumption of it there but it's not a primary thing and i by no means have any chocolate in the house no way there you go isn't that something else i thought you'd be swimming in it no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and tell me this, you know, we've been talking about the run of the mill commercial bars and that on World Chocolate today and people have been telling us what they love and I've been tasting one here. Do you like anything, you know, you go in yourself to uh, get something in the shop, do a lotto or something like that and you see a bar on the counter. Would you buy something? Is there something there you love? Uh, I'm a crisp fan, to be very honest. Oh, so, I'd be more inclined to pick up a bag of crisps than I, I would a bar of chocolate because all the chocolate that I could possibly want is here <laughs> looking at me every day. And uh, unless we diversify and start making crisps, then I'd be really uh. happy. But, uh, no, no, I'd... Um, <laughs> That's brilliant, brilliant, Helena. You know, you, but you're so right, you know, when you're surrounded by it and that. There you go. So you like the savoury rather than the sweet. I do, I do. Mm. There you go. And your favourite flavour of crisps? Um, am I allowed to say this? Yes. Okay, it's Kyoto, Kyoto crisps, and cheese and onion would be my favourite. There you go. And great lads they are too. They're not far yeah. from where you are. They're another local company doing really, really well. So today being World Chocolate Day, as you said, you're getting ready already at this time now, July into August for the Christmas market and as well getting your stocks up. Um, does today mean anything to you as an artisan producer? You know that the day is marked worldwide. It is marked worldwide and it does mean something, but it, you know, its significance is not really known across the world. There's only very few people. If you were to ask 10 people in the room, do they know what day it is? Mm. Apart from the fact that it's the 7th of July. Mm. I don't think there's many people who would yes. know this really. Mm. But um, it, it is good to get it promoted and to get it out there because chocolate, like anything else, it is a farm-to-fork 
industry as well. Mm, mm. And it needs to be respected. And obviously, crops are failing to climate change and things like that. So that as a commodity is going to get scarcer. And unfortunately, it is going to get a little bit more expensive because of that, simply Mm. because you said it there earlier in the introduction that there's two crops a year. Whereas you were guaranteed then, let's say, four crops in two years, you're down to about three crops now in two years. Mm. So there is a dramatic shift as well. So no harm that this day happens then just to try and now you're highlighting exactly. an issue there that 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 will affect uh, going forward listen it's great to, to talk to you today it's been a while and uh, thank you for taking uh, the the call today from us on late lunch we do appreciate it and we wish you continued success you are a success and may it go on for years and years to come thank you so much for joining me helena Thank you so much, Jerry, for having me. Not at all. You're very welcome. Take care of yourself. That's Helena Hemmerich there from Shea Emily, the most beautiful chocolates produced on our doorstep here in the Northeast. I absolutely love a fruit nut chocolate bar. So do I. Didn't remember it at all. And any bar with caramel in it, Jerry. Well, then you'd love the catch bar. Hi, Jerry. You mentioned the catch bar. Yes, always loved it. But, Jerry, have you tried the mint catch? There is a mint catch. Brian confirmed to me. There is one. Never tried it. I'll have to give it a go for sure. Oh, you know your doggies in the northeast. That's for sure. Thanks to everybody who got in touch with us looking uh, for the tickets to the big day in Dundalk Stadium, July 12th. Horse racing, greyhounds and best dressed lady. The dog in trap number one wears a red collar or red with a jacket, whatever you like to call it. Red I was looking for. And Ashling Duffy in Ravensdale. Those tickets are yours today. You'll have a voucher for food there and a drink as well. Admission into the big day. And you're in the hat tomorrow, along with Sean Bourne, Richie Hughes and Aoife McGinn. And you could be upgraded to a VIP package. So make sure you tune in to find out. And we'll have another winner for four more tickets on late lunch tomorrow afternoon. Big local derby tomorrow night at United Park. Draw the United against Dundalk. The third loud derby of the season in the league. One apiece at the minute. And a lovely prize we have today to give away. Thanks to our show sponsors, the wonderful people at Blackstone Motors. We have two tickets to the game tomorrow night, Drogheda Dundalk. We have a Drogheda United away jersey and a match football. And the question was, what does the Drogheda United crest compose of? It's the crest of the town. It's a star and crescent. And thank you again to everybody. But that lovely prize is going to... Pierce Fanning this afternoon. Well done to you, Pierce. That prize is yours. The tickets, the jersey and the match football will be in touch to make the arrangements. And thanks to everybody again who uh, joined in the fun this afternoon with us. Now, my artist of the week is the one and only Miss Kate Bush, for good reason. She's back in the charts, topping the charts all these years later. When you look at her life and times, she really was a non-political person, but yet she had many views which she held close to her and sacred to her and still does about a range of aspects in life but she never aligned herself with any particular uh, political party isn't she lucky when you see what's going on across the water at the minute anyway one of the topics she railed against was the futility of conflict and war and today my song from Kate Bush is about the effects of war and about a mother who grieves for her young adult son who was killed on military manoeuvres. This could apply today to the Ukraine for sure. It really could. Saddened by his unnecessary death, she wrestles with her guilt over what she could have done to prevent it. The song is a waltz, which marks a change from her previous songs. 
and Annie Dreamers, this one, was one of 68 songs banned by the BBC during the Gulf War. But, my oh my, it's so powerful. Have a listen to Army Dreamers, Kate Bush. many sad mothers in the Ukraine today feeling the sentiments of that song there who've lost a son in the war and indeed on the Russian side as well it has to be said on both sides needless conflict for what at the end of the day Kate Bush there with a brilliant song what a sweet voice she has and I'll conclude my week of Kate Bush on late lunch tomorrow around about this time now next up on the show after a final break of the day the pressures of farming and on farmers. We're going to talk mental health in a moment. The pressures can be immense. It can be a lonely game and no doubt farming faces many challenges today, tomorrow and into the future. And it's not talked about enough. Mental health mental health in the uh, farming community. We're going to talk about it for the next while with the County Secretary of Loud IFA, Rena Meehan. Hello, Rena. Hello, Jerry. How are you? Thanks very much for having me on. Not at all. Only delighted to. You've been planning this for some time, Rena. I have, Jerry. Yeah, I was. I was thinking. I a couple of years ago, I wanted to do it, or I thought it running something up because farming incomes were falling, and you know, there were farmers struggling to pay their bills, mm. and you know, it, it became very isolating because they weren't able to afford to pay help where years gone by there would have been you know a number of lads working on the farm so they were bearing their burdens themselves and yes. not prepared to, to talk about it and we sort of felt within the IFA it would be a good thing to have but then we had COVID so I'm, I'm afraid in that time everybody discovered the joys of uh, the, the lack of joy in isolation and yes. it's become a community problem along with a farming problem so yeah we sort of felt maybe now is a good time to to Go for it. And you are. And I just want to tell listeners, if you're uh, with us today and you're you're a farmer and you're a, part of a farming family or whatever, this is a, a wonderful uh, evening that's happening. It's called Let's Talk Mental Health and it'll take place in the wonderful O'Connell's Club Rooms in Castle Bellingham next Tuesday, the 12th of July at 8 o'clock. And you have a, a brilliant speaker, Dr. Lorcan Martin, joining you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he's agreed to come. And actually, he he, he texted last night and said that he's bringing two other Brilliant. people with him. So that should be very interesting. And so, uh, so sad and Dundalk and the Samaritans and Drogheda are helping us out. We're so going to support it as well. And, you know, I want to just stress, Jerry. it's, I mean, although I'm IFA, I, I'm, it's not just for farmers. It's okay. for the entire community. Everybody. Like, I mean, the, every community has felt the very pressure good. of mental stress in some way or another. Yes. And, I mean, maybe you, you, you yourself don't need help, but maybe you go home with a piece of paper that might help somebody else, or maybe you pick up something that might help you see a sign in somebody else. But it's all about 
try and keep keeping people well. Yes, you know? and just to say again, and, and that's an important point to make, it's open to everybody. I want to re-emphasise that. I was just confining it. It's not just for the farming community, but I do I do know you'd love to have as many from the farming community and oh, with absolutely. a background in that as really possible. Would like the farming community mm. to fully support. Yes, yes. And, you know, MACRA, you know, with the young farmers, because there is a problem within young people in the community. And, um you know, or the farming and the general farming community, but I mean anybody yes. in the community is welcome to, is welcome to come to okay. come along. You know what I mean? The, I know that our local football club where the, it's been run, they're they're fully supportive of us as well. Yes. You know, it's you know, it's it's just something that everybody is conscious of now. And you know, earlier today, let me tell you something. I came across a wonderful Chagas document about the pressures on farmers uh, and the amount of stuff that it actually you know, brought to my attention when I read through it, of all the things that farmers have to deal with. Number one, and I know you're well aware of this, succession. A lot of young people yeah. reared on farms don't want to carry on there. See, this is the problem. We've, we have a very ageing profile in the farming community because, I mean, young people have seen the struggles their parents have gone through and it's not just mm. the farmer himself, the entire family, and they don't want that for their families. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and now in particular, Jerry, we have a lot of change. For an older profile, it's difficult. There's a lot of change coming in farms with climate change, and no, everybody embraces the whole idea. But the thing about yes. it is, it's going to change the way we work, yeah. and that can be difficult. And rules and regulations and all that sort of stuff worry people. Uh, you know, the people get worried. Our cap payments are falling. Our incomes are falling. Our uh, no, sorry, our incomes are falling, and our inputs are going through the roof. Mm. You know, fertilizer and feed. Like it's a very, very worrying time in farms just now. Oh, it, really it is. certainly is, and it's worth yeah. if, you, if you get a chance to look at that document from Chagas. I'd highly recommend it. Uh, the pressures on farming, it's called. The other things like succession is one thing I mentioned there. You know, when you think of all that goes into it, it's not just about going out looking after your stock or uh, you know tilling the land or whatever. You have to think about you know planning forward the new mm-hmm. technologies, as you mentioned, all this legislation around climate change. You know, and and the other thing. It's a dangerous place. We know this. You don't have to remind you. It's a challenging place. You have to be have your wits about you every hour of the day. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you really don't know what you know. You don't know what you're going to encounter. Yeah. You know, you you can't really predict. It. I mean, if a machine goes ballway, you just don't you don't mm. know that's going to happen, and you don't mm. know how dangerous that can be. Or if you go into your yard, you don't know. You know, if you have a family, you have to be so careful to keep children out of the yard. Because it's just too dangerous, you know. Yes, and you know when uh, when you, when you think about uh, you know an aging community, you mentioned there as well, staying fit as you can and active. You know that's a big mm-hmm. challenge for people as well as time moves on and managing a place that you may be left on your own. And it is it can be a very lonely experience. I'm sure you've heard yeah. this uh, time and time again. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is why in the first place I wanted to start doing this a couple of years ago, but I was thinking only of farmers. But I mean, our whole community has experienced loneliness to some extent over COVID. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every yeah. Everybody at some point has sort of felt lonely if they just couldn't go out to the pub and meet their friends or if they couldn't go to the bingo or if they couldn't leave their houses and they mm. couldn't have family or friends to visit them because they were vulnerable. So everybody has felt the pain of loneliness. Mm. But farm, farmers have have felt it, you know, quite a while because, you know, they're working hard. They're working harder um, to try and pay bills and they're working harder because they can't afford to pay somebody to come along with them. So they're going through all this stuff on their own Mm. and their minds are 
taken over. Yes. You know what I mean? On their own. So it's, yeah, I, it's just, a, it's, it's, it's loneliness is a, is, is a, is a worrying thing. And remember the Irish saying, it's Nyart Lakela, the strength in being together and people will be together next Tuesday evening, 12th of July, 8 o'clock. Mark it in your diary. Everybody welcome to the O'Connell's Club Rooms in Castle Bellingham. Uh, guest speakers, brilliant guest speakers there. There'll be plenty of help and camaraderie, etc. Let's talk mental health. Well done to you, Rena. This is badly needed and it's been, you know the old saying, worth waiting for. It will be when people show up on Tuesday. I wish you well with it. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Not at all. You're very welcome. Take care of you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, Things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's uh, Rihanna uh, Meehan there uh, from the uh, Loud IFA. She's secretary there. Well worth mentioning again. Next Tuesday, the 12th of July, 8 o'clock, the O'Connell's in Castle Bellingham. Lovely place there. And... uh, a lot going on and it will it will help there's no doubt about that that's a lot on late lunch today tomorrow Kivo Callahan is with me insurance we're back to it again and um, 
when I tell you about an insurance quote tomorrow, you'll you'll be really surprised. Uh, somebody I know has got a quote, and it's remarkable how much the insurance has gone up. Keeve is coming in to sort this out for us. There's gold in your bottles. We're talking whiskey tomorrow. Tara Walker begins a new series of summer salads. David Sheehan has the sport, comedy, TV theme, and tickets to the big day at Dundalk next Tuesday. God, will we get it done? Yes, we will. Brian Farley, thank you so much for today. Eddie Caffrey's next on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. We leave you in the company of Dermot Kennedy. He's so right. The better days, they're here. The weather's going to be great the weekend and beyond. See you tomorrow, Friday, 1.30. Better days are coming if no one told you. I hate to hear you crying over the phone, dear. For seven years running, you've been a soldier. But better days are coming. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit blackstonemotors.ie.